Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nochel Prano. Hello, Andy. Good morning, Joey. How's everything over there in Cincinnati? It's good, man. Uh, wild, wild windstorm last night. Got a little scared. Nine alive woke me up. Midwest weather update with Andy Ruther. Yeah, but it was the first time I've ever been a little bit like worried. You ever been worried? Okay. Like, like that's well, why I was different. Worried that they, it was going to pick up some lawn furniture, take it over to the neighbor's yard. Yeah, the neighbors were worried. I, it woke me up at about midnight. Neighbors were doing their thing. I checked out the back patio and I was like, I'm, I, I don't know what, what am I moving here? Like moving yeah. the lawn furniture, I, you know. And then I had a crazy dream after that that there was a tiger. And it was chasing me. And at first we were at this big pool and the tiger got in the pool and it was going straight for me swimming across. And then I was at my parents' house and it was chasing me in the house and I was climbing and it like scaled a wall. And then I, I got in the bathroom and it was like trying to barge in the bathroom and it was going to get me and kill me. And then I woke up. Guys, this is a, a, an important message that Andy Ruther's like, I am now decoding messages uh, of the via the subconscious Ruther curse. Andy Ruther's subconscious and the Andy Ruther curse is telling you Tiger Woods at 66 to one and next weekend's masters. Everybody get your bets in now. Is he playing? Is he not playing? No one knows. But if he's kicking open Andy's parents bathroom door, it's safe to say he's kicking open the doors to Augusta National. Follow the Ruther subconscious curse. Tiger, 66 to 1. Tug's ecstatic right now. Tug is over the moon. Or is it the Bengal? Because it was a Bengal tiger. Oh, oh. Or is this the tiger being inside? Is this, have, is this the tiger, the Bengals moving to an indoor facility for practice, as was the news the other day? It's truly amazing. You know, at this point, I think all Bengals fans owe me credit for this turnaround that's happening right before our eyes. Everything I, I've I've said it before. It's been mentioned now in multiple uh, replies on Twitter, in DMs, in the Reddit forum. You need to start selling the curse. You need to start bottling it. You know, you need to start being like. You need to make predictions about people uh, for money in hopes of changing their life. Well, again, we've like, Andy, I need you to say right now, please, for me, I'll Venmo you five dollars. I need you to say that my show at the Bridge Street Bar in Vail, Colorado on April 14th will absolutely not sell out. And it certainly won't sell out in the near future. No, it definitely won't sell out. You're sure of that? Positive. It's not a big place. It should sell out. Well, at this rate, 
you know, Vale. I don't know how many dirt balls we have in Vale. I, I just don't like the odds of you selling that out. You might have five Thank people at the show. Thank you. I appreciate that. Bridge Street Bar, Vale, Colorado. Not selling out. You heard it here first via the Ruther curse. Tickets available online now. They might have. What's going to happen is they're going to break a fire code and, and the local firefighters are going to show up now due to the curse. But you got to remember with the curse, you know, it's got to be something I vehemently get behind, right? Like I legit think that. And by the way, I don't think you're going to sell out. So I'll, I'll keep doing that for you. I'll just keep doing that for you. That's great because if we sell out, we would have to add a second show on the 13th. No one wants that. Sure. So, so thank you for the curse. Well, I do have to laugh real quickly. You know, this, this was a story yesterday and I texted you. We were laughing about it. Um, that the Bengals are now looking into an indoor practice facility. McAfee was really funny. Pat McAfee did a whole, you know, he, he's been, he's been on this harder than me as far as the indoor stuff. And uh, he did a funny rant on his show about it, but I have to read the quote from uh, the Bengals vice president, Katie Blackburn. This is Mike Brown's daughter who is pretty much calling the shots. Now we are considering ways to make that happen. As far as getting an indoor practice facility, we are definitely looking to plan for that, we are actively, we were looking actively at some things. It's something we realize would be good for us to have. So we're trying to find out ways. Joe, you have to laugh at that quote. Yeah. There's, there's no ways, there's nothing to look into. You are this a professional, this, you're a this, professional football yeah. team. This is like on, uh, on, on the night of the Oscars after the slap heard around the world. Uh, I believe a tweet came out from, uh, like the Academy, like, or, or maybe it was even LAPD. Like we're investigating the situation. It's like, Oh, uh, a billion people just watched it happen on video. <laughs> like I think the investigation is closed there. Sure. Holmes. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, if she wants, if she, if they're serious about it, I mean, to be honest, you know, not to take a shot at Cincinnati, Cincinnati's not New York city. You know what I mean? There's real estate available. 100%. For an outdoor facility, they they can get this done. A hundred percent, and and that's why again that quote. You have to laugh. It's like there there's no looking into this situation. The local university who whose indoor practice facility used was built in 2010. So you know, just quick hitter to get that out of the way. It is funny though that they might actually do this. I'll believe it when it happens. Side note on all this stuff, the lease for the Bengals stadium is up in 2026. So that's right around the corner. A lot of people are saying this is part of their negotiation to get more taxpayer dollars to pay for more things. So who knows? But I don't know how much something like this would cost. I assume it's nothing too ridiculous, but uh, good for the Bengals. I will say Joe Burrow, and I'll just pose this to you, has been the most important athlete to this city probably in my lifetime who has been like I mean, more monumental i mean griffey jr came back it was a total disaster yeah obviously pete rose was here but that was towards the end of his career i'm talking about my lifetime you know you had a reds team barry larkin homegrown they won a world series but like as far as i would argue this is all because of joe burrow and he's that important and he's that transformational yeah i mean i can't even honestly i can't even think of somebody that's that's even in that 
even in his class from since I mean you're, we're talking about just the Bengals and the Reds essentially, you know, sure. I mean, on the highest level of sport. And yeah, I mean, obviously there's there's no Bengal. You know, there's there's it, the quarterback is going to be the guy who does that. I mean, you know, Boomer, nice little run there, but certainly not on the level of of Joe Burrow. I mean, he did have, according to Goldberg, which Goldberg has said to me multiple times now, he always brings up his underwear commercials. Yeah. So, you know, he, I guess he had the underwear commercials, which I, I know you're a little young for this, but <laughs> Boomer was in the tidy whiteies. Yeah. We saw little Boomer, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Little Boomer. Matty By the way, always- little boomer is what I call the mushrooms I ate the other day before a seven hour poker tournament in the back of a donut shop in Van Nuys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, that's going on here. But the big news, right, is that Bruce Arians is retiring wild dude the wildest offseason in nfl history i mean without a doubt at this point i immediately saw the story and texted you brady to the niners i've been saying brady to the niners i just feel like it's still circulating and then everybody's like well what you know why is he retiring and then say he's coming back for the bucks how do you even like if you're bruce arians like the Bruce Arians thing was kind of talked about during the Brady thing, which is like, if you're Brady, how do you kind of hold this team hostage and say you're leaving and then say you're coming back and now you come back and the head coach leaves. This had to be something that Brady knew upon returning. Is this potentially something Brady knew upon leaving that, that Arians was going to leave? Was this responsible for the, retirement in the first place and then they convinced him no bowls is going to take over and he's going to do a good job we're not announcing it yet but like you know you're in charge of the offense bowls is in charge of defense like so many layers to this if you ask me about like when it was decided how it was decided like kind of just wild to me i still just because craziest offseason ever I still have Brady to the Niners. Like, no. I don't, I don't have it at zero percent. I'll just say that. I do. You have it. At, well, there it is. It's happening. Brady to the Niners. Veil comedy show April fourteenth, selling out. You've heard it here first. I, I think you know. I think this was the plan all along. Well, Arians definitely wanted to hand. They said this. This for sure was the plan. He wanted to hand off the team to one of his assistants, whether that was Leftwich or Bowles. That was the plan all along. I don't know why it unfolded like this, but yeah. Brady's right. I don't know if you and saw so, it. So Arians has left the team to Bulls, and uh, Byron is left with nothing. Let's see what you did there. Well, I, I, I think I think at this point, I read a lot on it last night. I think they say, you know, obviously Brady is up. You know, Bulls already controlled the defense as far as calling the plays and Arians gave him carte blanche as far as he didn't stay. He, he gave him, he didn't get in his business at all. And I think left, which was mostly doing the same with Brady. I think, I think those two now seem to be in sync enough that that's how it's going to work. And that bulls just becomes the head coach. Obviously bulls was a head coach in the jets and 
started good at two or 10 and six. And then just the last three seasons were losing seasons, but the Fitz magic season. Yeah. I mean, that's the jets. Jets are going to jet. I think this was, I think Brady knew this all along. I, I just, I, there's no way he's leaving. So do you think that this is responsible at all for his initial retirement thing? Like, Oh, if Arians is going to leave, I'm out too. Like, seems like the time to do it. Maybe. I mean, does, does Arians, I assume he's got a good relationship with Brady or did yeah. Brady not want him to be the head coach? And that's why he came back. Uh, no, I, I would think it would be, I, I, I would assume, I mean, Arians is kind of can be a kind of a prickly guy, it seems like. But I would assume that Tom Brady goes there, wins a Super Bowl with him in the first year, that their relationship is pretty good. And he's he's going, well, if Arians is going to leave, seems like the right time for me to eject from this situation and then maybe rethink. Maybe this is what was behind the Tom Brady. I'm going, I'm staying thing the whole time, which is, oh, you know, Maybe now's the time to go. And then he just rethinks it. And he's like, what does my head coach really even matter? We're going to keep the same offensive system. And, you know, I've talked to Bulls a few times and sounds like we're on the same page with blah, blah, blah. Maybe, you know what? Maybe I'll give it another run. Yeah. Well, that's what I think. That's what I think probably is the likely scenario. And look, they're in a division that is theirs for the taking again. The the funny thing is I saw a tweet. I should have, I should have pulled it i saw a, a a tweet or it wasn't a tweet it was something something a writer posted on the athletic it was listing the record of the head coaches in the nfc south and Bowles doesn't have a good record rule doesn't and then uh, the head coach who's the head coach of the falcons arthur smith yeah he has the best record at like like a 41 or 42 percent winning percentage so so you have a weak division you have the Saints who just signed Andy Dalton, which to me said, I, I, to me that says a lot because the, they're giving him a fair amount of money, not a fair amount of money, but you know if the Saints are signing Andy Dalton for up to six million with three million guaranteed, that means they're saying, hey, we still don't fully trust in Jameis Winston. Yeah, and and. Even if we do, we know that this is a team that is being built in a way where if we have a solid backup, that guy can come in and do the job as well. Um, I mean, you know, the the Cowboys did it a couple of years ago with Dalton. Um, I think that when you have a team that is, you know, built around, let's run the ball, let's play some defense, what's what, let's what, you know, let's. We're not a quarterback focus first squad, which obviously they weren't with Jameis. They went out, they tried to get Deshaun Watson. Uh, You know, Jameis is just sitting around, sitting around, sitting around. They obviously, it's a combo of, you know, they believe enough in Jameis that they're bringing him back for now what will be a third season with them. And, uh, but at the same time, they know, listen, if we're built in a way where we can win with Jameis, where we think we can win with Jameis and we're, we're not that confident in him. That means we should probably spend money on a guy that we also think we could win with should Jameis go down, which for a lot of teams, I think, you know, they're, they're going like, here's our quarterback. And if he goes down, well, that's kind of it for our season. Yeah. And for financial reasons and, you know, uh, others, but sure. But, but again, Back to the Bucks, 
it's their division for the taking and they're going to be huge favorites to win. And, and I like it. And I, and I like, you I don't I, like Mariota to the Falcons. No, I kind of like Mariota to the Falcons. Really? Yeah. I've, I've always been a low key Marcus Mariota supporter. I mean, he's not terrible, but he's not going to, he's not going to, he's not going to give them an edge to win, like win a division compete. No way. No guys, get your money, get your money in on Atlanta Falcons division winner right now. No way. Come on, get out of here with that. No, no way. That's that's I'll definitely wear the L chain if that happens. No way that Falcons under Marcus Mariota. He, you know, he's just a placeholder until they get a different quarterback. No way. Clip it. Clip it. I mean, that's that's how you Ruth, that's how you go to Ruther into a Ruther curse. What you get me to say things that I'm pretty definitive on? Yeah, just like hard, just like no way. I, well, no, I'm once I it. once I start getting once I start getting the no ways, no way, <laughs> no way, no way. The Falcons win that division, no way, absolutely no way. Mark it down, clip it, whatever you want to do, not happening. Somewhere Calvin Ridley is shoving money toward his bookie. <laughs> yeah, for real, all in. He's like he's like Goldberg in the back of a futon store. All in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Double up, baby. So they've changed the overtime rules again, this time just for the postseason. Now each team will get a possession. Tough, tough news for the Bills fans, Bills and their fans a few months too late. Is it though tough, tough for the Bills fans? Hey, Bills, don't let people score on you and go a whole field in 13 seconds. No, I know, but you know what I mean. I, I honestly, I don't, I'm not, a, I don't approve. You don't approve. I don't approve. I know everybody, it's like generally think my, I think my biggest problem with this, not that like the, for competitive purposes, it's not like more fair or whatever, but also, like it just seemed I, I just feel like now we have rule changes that are so like frequent, f- not only frequent, but like they seem they seem to be react reactionary to like whatever just happened. And it's like, remember a couple of years ago we had we had the Rams uh, Saints thing and suddenly we're reviewing pass interference. We got to review it. And now we have one playoff game that ends with like a team not being able to stop somebody. We got to change it. It's like, I mean, I, we all agreed that the idea that a bunch of, you know, linemen crash into each other for three hours in, in small brain wrecking car accidents shouldn't suddenly be decided in overtime by a team getting the ball and kicking a sudden death field goal. And that went on for years. And we did that and everybody agreed that was not the answer. So we make the change and now it's also like, but now both teams have to get the ball. It just feels like very like, you know, I don't know. It it, it feels like a very, you know, modern day response where it's like, you know, this is a safe space. Everybody should have their voices heard. Every offense should get to touch the ball. You know what? W- w- everybody has to have their opportunities. 
It's like you, you go down, you score a touchdown, stop like defense, well, th- defense th- wins championships. True, stop a team I, from scoring a touchdown. I think both teams should get the ball. Something I'm kind of gaining momentum personally more on is not hating ties in regular season. Like, yeah. is that is that, a, is that a crazy stance to say? If no, you can't, if you can't solve a game in 60 minutes, it's a tie. If, oh, oh, no, like not no overtime in regular season. Yeah, just like it's a tie. And I know probably a lot of people I'm not I'm not saying I'm fully there. I'm saying I don't hate it as much as I used to, especially like you're saying with player health and just crushing each other for 60 minutes saying, OK, so it was a tie. You know, because it would also change how people wouldn't go for ties, I don't think. And, and it would change how the game's played, especially in the last few minutes of the fourth quarter. I don't hate each team getting the ball. And I also, you know, like college rules, I, you know, I don't know how that would work in the NFL if they start at the 25. Yeah. It's just, it's just, I every- mean, I, I like that that's the difference between college and the NFL. I like that that's college. And, and I totally approved of the NFL being like, we're not ending this game on a sudden death field goal. But like, really, this is a thing like Bills fans can't, you know, the Bills fans this year or the Chiefs. And by the way, this is the thing a couple of years ago. Oh, the Chiefs were complaining because the Patriots got the ball. It's like, just stop somebody. It's one drive. I, by the way, you don't even have to stop them. Sold them a field goal. You have an opportunity to win the game. Yeah. Well, I, you know, you just, it's definitely a reactionary world we live in. And that's shown with these rules. But the same token, I think each team getting the ball, it's just, it's just like in the playoffs, it's more fair. Like that, that Bills game, I know what you're saying. It's kind of a shitty way to end that game, though. I know what you're saying about stop them. Guys are gassed, though. That's the easiest time to score is in overtime after a 60-minute game when teams are gassed, especially the DBs and the, and the down linemen. It's just tough. I did see something. Overcome that, it. I did see something pretty interesting. You know, This is all coming out of the owners' meetings, and I don't know if you've seen this, but a lot of owners, and the Ravens owner was even – on record talking about a lot of them are not happy about the Deshaun Watson deal and they're being open about it because that two thirty guaranteed, you know, is 80 million more guaranteed than the last highest guarantee, which is Aaron Rodgers. And basically they're saying you are fucking us. They're saying the Browns are fucking us for, for these upcoming quarterback contracts, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, some of these guys who are going to get paid, they're saying that deal just sets a awful trend and somebody's going to have to bucket. But who, but I, yeah, that's the thing. I would argue like, who's the team that has bucked it like prior to this at any point? Like you can say, oh, the Browns, how dare they, you know, uh, give him that much money guaranteed. I'll, I would go like, say this is like a snowball effect. And, uh, you know, this is one of my favorite targets in uh, the league to take a shot at, but like, isn't, aren't the Vikings just giving Kirk cousins $30 million, just like guaranteed or not per season at some point, aren't they just as much to blame? Isn't every quarterback who's had anything guaranteed to blame? Isn't Tom Brady renegotiating his contract to take, 
guaranteed money so that the Patriots can stay under the salary cap so that they can keep competing for championships just as much to blame. Isn't Patrick Mahomes getting a $500 million deal over 10 years and backloading it. So he's still technically like financially on a rookie contract for the first couple of years of that, just as much to blame. Like I, I would argue that, you know, this is just the latest iteration of how teams finagle the quarterback uh, getting such a big piece of the pie to fit what works for them, which is, uh, you know, this is just the Brady restructuring on steroids. Sure. Yeah. Well, no one's like you said, no one has bucked the trend and no one has said, hey, we're not going to pay this guy this much money. And I think the Ravens owner is open because, you know, his quarterback's already getting injured and he's going to have to decide what do I really want to give Lamar Jackson? Well, I got to say, and listen, I know Lamar Jackson is one of those guys with one of those styles of play um, a black quarterback, so many different factors where he has those. You you go on the internet, get involved in a Lamar Jackson conversation. Turn, man. I mean, people are insane about it. And the bottom line is the Ravens owner is right to be scared slash upset, whatever, because he's in a situation now where he has to eat like basically he has to overpay somebody that's not deserving of it. In honestly, I would say any smart football um, analytic opinion. Um, you're you don't want to give Lamar Jackson. Like I think any smart person that breaks down what Lamar Jackson has done in the league, the team success has come with it. How teams are affected by giving their quarterback the big deal, etc. I, I would say any smart person shouldn't want him to get paid that money if they're if you're a Ravens fan. But if you're a Lamar Jackson supporter, if you're uh, a black quarterback support, all these other things, now you're going to get the cries of uh, you know racism or whatever the case may be that you you know you're not. This is this is the guy where you guys are drawing. Oh, Deshaun Watson's a rapist. But you you'll you'll pay a rapist, but you won't pay a guy who's had a couple injuries and it was just one season and whatever. And by the way, I'm doing that voice because I'm doing you know I'm I'm playing uh, the character of dumb shithead on the internet. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, if you're the Ravens owner, you you've been backed in a corner here where you now essentially have to give somebody what is, in my opinion, and I think a lot of smart football minds' opinions, a bad deal. Yeah, I agree. I you know I wouldn't. But I would say that the Deshaun Watson deal is a bad deal. Yeah, I and, do too. It's too much and, money. And the bottom line is, at some point, you need to be like, hey, w- we have a vision for this football team. We know how we win. Somebody's got to be the person that steps up. You know, I a- am the one who have been hammered on this show for saying it for as many years as I did. And, and Pete Carroll eventually and the Seahawks eventually got to that place. Hate to say I told you so, Pete Carroll and the Seahawks, but should have done it earlier. I was the one that was saying 2020, like, you, you know, the, you when you 
have a, a, a strategy, when you have a, a, a recipe for success that works for you and you toss it out the window for the sole purpose of paying your quarterback, he better be that guy. And to be totally honest with you, I think there's at any given moment in the league, three or four that guys. And it doesn't mean you're not a great quarterback. It just means you don't command that guy money and you're better off not spending it on him. Well, I, I don't even know if he came to that conclusion. I, you know, I think it got to the point where Russell Wilson wanted to be traded. And obviously it were, you know, it, it probably both parties uh, came to an, an agreement like this year right to make the trade and, happen and the and the reason everybody comes to that party is the team success has has dwindled since sure. the the money was handed out yeah yeah I, I i at some point i it's 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 not even like what we're seeing in america with like the housing market and you see this time like at some point you would think it's going to have to correct itself you can't just keep paying guys and expecting to win it's just financially it doesn't work out. Well, we had, you know, obviously the quarterback is always going to be the most important position on the field, but we had the run a few years ago where the running back, the return of the running back, you know, uh, suddenly uh, a, a lot of the good teams in the league were built around a marquee running back and guys were all of a sudden after, you know, a decade of not getting paid with the exception of one guy here or one guy there, you know, we had, we had a couple big deals, uh, handed out. Then you get the the Steelers who were like, we're not going to do it. And you have the whole Le'Veon Bell franchise, not playing for the franchise tag situation. And then it kind of corrected itself. He left. What's Le'Veon Bell been since he left the Steelers? And I think a lot of guys were, you know, hesitant to do what he did after that. Well, now we're seeing it with receivers, which, you know, with the kind of the shoving of the running game aside and being like, this is a pass first league now. Um, now it's quarterback receivers, quarterback receivers. But in the end, you, you, you know, you still have to be financially responsible. So now we're seeing it with Devonte Adams. Now we're seeing it with Tyree kill guys who aren't prepared to just play for the tag aren't prepared, you know, think, Hey, I'm more valuable than you guys are giving me credit for. And teams being like, we actually don't think you are. And if it happened with running backs and it happened with receivers, uh, I mean, common sense would say at some point it, it gets there with quarterbacks. Yeah. The problem is for every like and I, it's crazy because the Redskins are such a mis mismanaged team. But to go back to Kirk Cousins for every Redskins good decision out there of we're not going to give Kirk Cousins the long-term contract. You have the shithead Vikings out there who are like, we will. And and therefore you can't reset the market. Cause they're like, yeah. no, we'll do it. We'll do it. Yeah. We're desperate. We're desperate. We just went to the NFC championship game with a, you know, stacked roster and a nobody quarterback. We'll, 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 we'll tear down our roster to pay a, a mediocre guy. Yeah. And the difference between, football and something like baseball, the fans don't really matter as much because the TV deals are so lucrative and people are going to show up regardless. You know, obviously quarterbacks attract. Don't get me wrong. It's uh, You have eight and a half now. Yeah. Eight exactly. and a half home games a year. Exactly. 
going to sell out. I mean, you, you have you have essentially four games a year, half of your schedule a year before you would even be in a predicament where your your fans would be like, well, this season's over. Sure. You know, no one's out of it halfway through an NFL season. The yeah. Chiefs were two and five. No, they weren't two and five. Three and five, whatever they were through eight games. They, they, they were probably under 500, probably like four and five or something at a certain point. But yeah, I, I mean, but but these these organizations, no one's had the balls to just say, hey, well, I'm not just going to throw a, a boatload of money at the quarterback. The key to me would be you just got to win that chip within four to five years or be so competitive on the rookie deal and then assess it from there and move on. But no, but nobody wants to move on. Like Burrow is going to get paid, man, barring something crazy that would happen in the next couple of years, injury wise, like he's going to get paid. And that that's why, again, but I think we're seeing it a little bit more. I mean, the Browns moved on. Baker Mayfield was the first overall pick. He spends his offseason recording, recording commercials inside their stadium. He was the guy. He was the marquee dude in there. Now, they spent more money on Deshaun Watson than they would have had to spend on Baker Mayfield. But I think teams are you know, starting to realize a little bit that you know, it's still a business. Like Baker Mayfield was fine for us. Baker Mayfield, you know, got us a playoff win. Baker Mayfield was the guy. But also, we can upgrade. What do you think would happen? I was just thinking would the world how, how can you imagine the world, especially social media, if Progressive did a Deshaun Watson commercial where he's laying on a massage table? No, it would it would it would end society as we know it. Right. Like yeah. people would just like start convulsing and just explode. I, I, it's going to be fascinating to watch that play out and to see what the NFL does. I think it should be a commercial with like, it should be a commercial for the NFL. Forget progressive. It should be like one of those NFL network commercials. It's like promoting the league as a whole, like all the, you know, a bunch of former players, current players, owners are at a spa. You have Robert Kraft on one table, Deshaun Watson on the other table, you know, Tom Brady's, on the third table, Tom Brady's come in, kid comes in and kisses Tom Brady, you know, a, a sex worker in chains comes in and takes care of Robert Kraft. You know, what would be a great reality show saying all this. They just had the owners meetings. Like, wouldn't you, I would love to hear what a bunch of old rich white billionaires because you know, some things leak, but most of it stays in house. Like what these guys are arguing over, whether it's the Deshaun Watson contract or who's going to help pay the $790 million that Kroenke owes the city of St. Louis. I would love to know, or the rules changes, all these things that happen. The, four, the 40 Jerry Jones lawsuits that have come out since the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like what? I want cameras, forget hard knocks on the team. I want hard knocks owners meetings. Yeah. I want, I want to know. I would just love, I, I would just love to see like, you know, the, the, the different owners bringing up the different things. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> the bills owners in there is like, uh, 
we've got to change the overtime rule. And Jerry Jones is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we should talk about. Overtime rules. Nothing else. Nothing else. Don't bring anything else up this, this, this meeting. We don't need to talk about my bus. We don't need to talk about paternity suits. We don't need to talk about nothing. Let, let's talk about overtime rules. Robert Kraft's like, I love it. Let's talk about overtime rules. It's great. I don't want to talk anything about massages and Deshaun Watson and massages and how my restructuring of quarterback deals got massage boy, his deal. Let's talk about overtime rules. Everybody's like, yep, we're all on the same page. Overtime rules. It is. And then they're like, we all vote to agree. The Bengals must get an indoor practice facility. Come on, dude. We're all in this together. Stop being a cheap ass. Like, I, I want to know what are those discussions? What are they talking about? And also yeah. you have, you have billionaires. Then you have somebody like a Mark Davis who just inherited the team. He walks in with that haircut. I want to know what they think about him. It, it basically I've never watched the show, but it sounds like it would be like a real housewives, but with owners. Oh yeah. Right. Cause just as removed from reality. Oh, exactly. Like, like there's, there's no, like, they don't understand. I think when you accumulate that much wealth, you just, you can't. That was the thing uh, about, you know, the, the Oscar situation that I've been saying to a lot of people, which is like, this is the only place that could happen because with that, with then the reaction that occurred after it, because you mean the lack of reaction, right? Everybody is so removed from reality. Everybody in the, in the building is so removed from reality that no one does anything. It's, no it's one nuts. does anything. It's, it's nuts. No one does anything. And, and, and Jim Carrey had a great, I don't know if you saw the Jim Carrey clip where he just like hammered Hollywood and just said like everybody, he was just disgusted at it. it but it, it's, it's like, you know, I knew it was going to blow up after the fact because once everybody walked out of the doors of that insane, you know, pseudo reality where like things like this can happen and no one says anything. And then they're like, um, uh, let's just see how Puff, Puff Daddy handles it and we'll go from there. Like Puff Daddy, you're up. Uh, take us home, buddy. Um, yeah. You know, it's the same thing. Like if, if you think the the narcissism and the insanity when it's, you know, millionaire Scientologists uh, imagine when it's billionaires when oh, it's yeah. all billionaire fucking white supremacists <laughs> yeah I want I want it hard knocks owners meetings because they do I don't know how often they do it a year at least a few times a year maybe two or three times a year where they go down and obviously the coaches were down for this one because everybody was laughing about the picture of Matt rule and the coaches pictures did you see that? I didn't. No, but every year the the coach's picture has always got some good comedy in there. What was Matt Rule's thing? Was he wearing Crocs or something? He's just okay. like this, and he just—I mean, I'll just be honest. You know, he's fat. He's uh, sucking the, it in. Yeah, I got canceled for saying that. Like, you know, he, he's looking canceled, canceled, canceled. He, he's standing out because of his weight and just what he's wearing. And then you, you know, then you then you got then you look at guys like you know Sean McVay. Like he's always in shape and he looks cool and he's fashionable and you got a lot of young coaches like that and they're wearing the glasses and and rule was just like i want to know what type of hookers go not like what's going on at the owners meetings in florida what yeah like is is jerry jones bringing girls for everybody and he's like well i mean i i think this is the like like uh you know like like birds fly south for the winter 
I mean, hookers, the, the major league spring training and the owners meeting go to Florida. I mean, like the hookers are are jumping on freight trains like like hobos crossing the country <laughs> during the fucking old west. It's like, you know, getting their rucksacks and and <laughs> hopping on. Hopping yeah. H O E B O E hobos. Oh, that's too good, man. That's funny. One last thing and then we'll move that's, on. That's that's a great that's a great shout out to a dear friend of the show, Pete Sestaro. Pete Sestaro had a, a great joke back in the day. He it was an annual Pete has a couple of annual tweets that I make him send. One of them uh that I demand every year is uh he does happy new years, your rent is due which I like. And then spring training every year, I demand he does uh, pitchers and catchers and whores have reported a spring training. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can't imagine just, just the women just flocking to that. Yeah. One last thing about the NFL and we'll move on. They're giving first, they give the lions hard knocks. Now they're giving them the 2024 NFL draft. Can we stop rewarding them for hard knocks isn't a reward, but hosting the NFL draft is a reward. Can we stop? I mean, listen, re- the all corners, uh, deep dish pizza is delicious, but like God, for God's sakes, can we, can we stop rewarding Detroit for, yeah. come on. Like, what are we doing here? They there's 32 teams in the NFL. They do not deserve to host an NFL draft. They just don't. They win a fucking playoff game, will you? Not until the fan base. I mean, I, I you know, if we rank the delusional fan bases, which would be tough because as we see, they're crazy. But that Reddit post, I, I don't know how you recover from that. I don't even know if that's delusional as much as it's like they're 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 a, 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 an abused housewife. Yeah, like they're they're they've 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 literally been so beaten into being like. But he still loves me. You know, he does it because he loves me. Like the delusions, they don't have the delusions of grandeur, but they they definitely have Stockholm syndrome. There's sorry, this is just the way it's gotta be. Sure. And and you know, from the perspective of getting people to generate interest, I know there will be people who will go because NFL fans are rabid and crazy. But Detroit, like they did it in Cleveland, and I was kind of like, uh. They did it in Nashville. Cool. Nashville's a fun city. People want to go to Nashville. They're doing it in Las Vegas this year. People want to go to Vegas. Detroit? Come on. That's that's ridiculous. Anyway, let's 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 move on, Joe. We made it through. Lots of NFL stuff, but again, they just, they just dominate. I, I want to bring up what Brian Cashman said today about the Astros and the Yankees in 2017. I did not see this. this is oh, you didn't exciting. see this? No. Uh, it's still, it, it was trending. And uh, I love it anytime the Yankees get into play, you know, any sort of uh, like, you know, I, I mean, why don't you tell me what was said? But I just love that the Yankees even dip themselves into any controversy. It's like, maybe you guys should stay the fuck out of it. So he's he's still mad about the, the 2017 season in the world series and the Astros sign stealing scandal. And what's getting him mad is about people saying that the Yankees haven't been in the world series since 2009. And he now is, is taking a lot of assumptions. So he said, the only thing that stopped us was something that was illegal and horrific. I get offended 
when I start hearing we haven't been to the World Series since 2009 because I'm like, well, I think we actually did it in the right way. Pulled it down, brought it back up, drafted well, traded well, developed well, signed well. The only thing that derailed us was a cheating circumstance that threw us off. I mean, crybaby bitch boy shit, dude. Like, so and then the, well, listen, the, the Yankees. I mean, there's it, this is this is like full uh, your team cheats dot com, but like the Yankees were f- very much not innocent in the sign stealing scandal. Sure, Carlos Beltran comes there the year later. There's Apple Watch shit. There's all there's like there's tons of reports that. They're not innocent. So, like, the idea that you would just not take your lumps here. Well, he's not. And listen, he goes on to say, people are like, oh, we haven't been to a World Series. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's as true as the statement could be. We had a World Series team. And either you get it done or you do. So, so he's literally saying we had a, well, you did have a World Series roster, but, but you didn't go. Yeah. So when- and, and and okay and that's fine but like the Astros cheating scandal that was one year two years like what about I mean 2009 13 years ago the Mets have been to a World Series since then buddy with with the Wilpons as owners yeah that's no, true the Mets which get ready for that to get ready for that factor to be I mean I I this is Andy, I, I mean, I know I've been saying it, and I, and I will say this every single time this kind of story comes up. I believe in a salary cap and a salary floor in baseball. I think that there is a, I think that there needs to be a financial restructuring of the league for the sake of competition. But God damn it, if I'm not excited for the Mets to be in this position now, while the Yankees sitting over there, the, Yan- the Yankees are the Mets. Now the Yankees sitting over there com- whining about fucking the one team that they think ha- they could have gotten there. Why don't you just go out and buy players like you did when your fucking dad was alive? Well, what he needs to say, and here's another quote. I mean, it is wild. I don't know if I read this one. The only thing that has stopped. The only thing that stopped us was something that was so illegal and horrific. I'm a little dramatic there, Brian Cashman. So I get offended when I start hearing we haven't been to the World Series since 2000. The only thing that stopped them is you, dude. They, so, you know, like, and 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 George Steinbrenner dying. Well, and again, if he worded it differently, if he said the only thing that stopped us in 2017, but he's going on to say about going back to 2009. Yeah. Okay. What about the other 11, 12 years? Yeah. Were the Royals stealing signs when they were getting there with fucking, uh, you know, middle of the pack salary cap situation. It is interesting. That is a good point of a, of a role reversal between the two New York teams. Oh, Andy, when I say I'm rock hard, I mean, fucking rock hard. This is this, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me as a New York Mets fan. I honestly, it's, it's better than any feeling I've had since a very young Joe Prano experienced a first of not many uh, World Series wins. I mean, the 20, throwing a first pitch was great. The 
2015 run was great. The early 2000 run to the, to the World Series was great. But but turning the tables on a team that, uh, I, in my opinion, essentially ruined baseball and 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 the way you know it wasn't steroids, uh, it wasn't Bud Selig, but but just below Selig and and steroids, I would say the Yankees, uh, you know, fucking the entire uh, Major League Baseball salary situation and 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 causing a Red Sox arms race and causing the Dodgers to get in the way and just like the way that the Yankees are solely responsible for what's happened financially in baseball for the tables to turn and now there to be a Steve Wilpon or, or Steve Cohen tax because he came in to save the day. Uh, it makes me so excited to be a fucking Mets fan going forward. I have never been this excited to be a Mets fan. Well, I'm excited for the Home Run Derby X Global Tour featuring former Major League Baseball players. I don't even understand this, so please. No one does. T- no tell one me does. The, tell me the situation. No one does. <laughs> I had to reread this a million times because I'm just saying, what the fuck is this? So yesterday, baseball announced the MLB Home Run Derby X. A global tour, dude, you're going to die when you hear this. When I read this, I was like, I can't wait to read this to pray now. A global tour making stops in London, Seoul, South Korea, and Mexico City. It will feature former stars Adrian Gonzalez, Johnny Gomez, Giovanni Soto. I'm sorry, Johnny Gomes, not Gomez. Giovanni Soto and Nick Swisher. So this is how it's going to work. Dude, this is so stupid. Gonzalez will represent the Dodgers, Gomes, the Red Sox. Soto the Cubs and Swisher the Yankees. And uh, they're going around this summer in a reduced version of a baseball field with a home plate mounted on a stage and a pitcher's mound on a podium with a field of play designed to fit within a range of environments from festival sites to stadiums. So hitters will get to swing at 25 pitches and take up to 10 of them with the opportunity to earn points by hitting targets placed 160 feet from home plate and two beyond the outfield fences. I love when they say festivals. This this sounds like the beginning of the natural, like fucking (laughs) Nick Swisher getting off a fucking train in the middle of a fucking field. And, you know, uh, Robert Duvall getting down behind the catcher to fucking call balls and strikes (laughs) some fucking some country bumpkin out there, like trying to strike out Adrian Gonzalez. Teams will receive a point for every home run, target, hit, or catch, and players can call for a hot streak that will allow teams to double their points on the next five pitches. Each event will feature a winner, and the tour will culminate in a knockout tournament. Dude, this is the equivalent of, like, Baron Davis having a dunk contest on an eight-foot hoop with fucking Nate Robinson. Like, what are we talking about here? A reduced baseball field? Like, I can't think of anything less interesting. And again, they're going to go to London. They they always try to overthink these things and try to get so creative when, to be totally honest with you, if Major League Baseball wanted to do some sort of home run derby situation that takes place in like off seasons that like can draw attention, that can tour, whatever, what they should fucking do is the old school home run derby that used to air on like I don't know the history channel or whatever it was like take two current players, three outs per inning for nine innings, 
put him in some fun, funky fucking ballpark around the world, you know, take, take a, take a cool minor league park and spend, you know, $2 million or take a, a Japanese park or a Korean park or a London park or whatever, and, and do it up with, you know, like put, put a little money into each event, make each little ballpark. Oh, you hit this sign, you get five points. So you hit that sign, you get whatever. If, if it goes here, it's going through a waterfall. It goes through whatever, like do all that shit. But one thing's for sure, get, get crazy with the dimensions, but it's gotta be a regular sized field and it's gotta be current players. I was going to say no one in London, how many, how many home runs Johnny did Gomes? Johnny how many home runs did Johnny Gomes hit in his last major league season? How many home runs did Nick Swisher hit in his last major league season? Did Nick Swisher hit 11 homers in his last major league season? Johnny Gomes hit. Well, he played 12 games his last season, which was 2015 season before that. He hit 20. No, no, I'm, I'm looking at RBIs. Never mind, dude, Johnny Gomes. The most home runs he ever hit was 21. I mean, this is embarrassing. Johnny Gomes. Johnny Gomes home runs going back from his last year. Red Sox legend. If you're going to say his name, say say his full name. Red Sox legend Johnny Gomes. Yeah. (laughs) I can't think. I was oh. just talking to Johnny Gomes about this the other day when I was in the back of a Bob's discount furniture in an Omaha high low tournament. <laughs> He's excited about it, baby. Yeah. Nick Swisher's last four years home run total. And I know he didn't play a lot of games, but still. Eight, six, two, four. <laughs> this is who this is who based, you know how like when when NBA goes overseas, they trot out like that's why the game grew so much. And they would talk about like all the trips and like Kobe Bryant going to China and Asian countries. And, you know, that's how the game grew. Oh, holy shit. Kobe's here. I'm going to see Kobe. I'm going to see one of the best players ever. Major League Baseball is doing Nick Swisher and Johnny Gomes. If Nick Swisher and Johnny Gomes walked right into my house, I'd say, who the fuck are you? In my own house, I wouldn't know. And they think this is going to attract people in different countries. Who comes up with this stuff? I can't think of a sport run worse or just a giant blinking guy meme where you don't understand what they're trying to accomplish. What is the goal of this? Oh, you're going to London or you're going to Seoul, South Korea? I don't know. If you're going to South Korea, maybe get some big Japanese or what? All I can think of is, is Asian fans watching this happen uh, and, and the scene from the fucking major league. Like I, I see I see the Asian fans watching this cut to the guy go, these guys fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> remember when they remember the yeah. translator? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just it's just dude. And I know he's not Korean, but if you want to do something big. Get a huge Asian player. Get ask Ichiro if you pay him enough money. Will you go do this? You know, get somebody who they can relate with. Get a, you know, at least you have Adrian Gonzalez. At least he's Mexican when you go to Mexico, you know, city. I just, God, they're so stupid. They're so stupid. 
They're so dumb. Baseball is just run by idiots. This honestly, I, I can't think of a, this is this is cringe, Joe. This is like a, if I saw this in America, I, this is cringeworthy. I love out- that. I love that in like the last forty years of baseball, they've had um like literally one million ideas, and the one that fucking worked was bobblehead dolls. It's like literally the one successful like wild <laughs> idea they had. It's people true. just people just come into the stadium like with with knives to slit the throats of people to steal their bobblehead dolls. Otherwise, like no, they're like, what about a what about a home run derby? And like, people are like that sounds so fucking stupid. Meanwhile, Japan's got you know, you know, big boss Toshoshi Shinjo coming in on a hoverboard. Oh, dude, I tweeted that stuff out. I, I couldn't stop watching what they do in Japan. Yeah, dude came in on a hoverboard. Unbelievable. And I'm not saying that they got to go WWE, full WWE, even though I'd enjoy it. But look, there is a difference. We we have a walk-up song. You get to pick your song, and they have guys coming in on a hoverboard. Now, we can find a happy medium, I think. But dear God, Johnny Gomes. And no disrespect to him. I liked him when he was on the Reds. He was a nice little player. He was a nice little like player. Not a guy I'm trotting out. I mean, I hate to make the joke, but it's like they found him like, dude, you need some money. And he's like, yeah, I do. And they're like, OK, here's the plan. We're going to ship you all over the world. And he's like, do I get a stipend? Do I get meals paid for? Do I get a hotel paid for? I'm like, yeah, you do. OK, I'm in. like, you, you do have to share a queen size bed with Nick Swisher. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Gomes and Nick Swisher are going on a home run tour like me and Eddie <laughs> if go on a comedy tour. To sleep next to each other in a fucking days in. Oh man, too. Speaking funny. of speaking of which, I'll be in uh, San Luis Obispo this weekend for shows at Sycamore Mineral Springs Resort and Spa, and then the Colorado tour starts next week. Andy Schmiggities in Steamboat Springs, uh, April. I believe it's fifth. Nope, sorry, eighth and ninth. April eighth and ninth in Steamboat Springs. Uh, Vale Comedy Show. April 14th, uh, April will be added April 13th. If we sell out, that's at Bridge Street Bar. You can find those at veilcomedyshow.com. And then Denver Improv, 15th and 16th, all with Eddie Ift. Andy, I've bought new snowboard boots. I bought new snowboard bindings. About to get back on my snowboard grind. I'm excited for it. So if you want to see me and my comedy Nick Swisher, Eddie Ift, come out and see us in Colorado. Yeah, you you figure out how to work these plugs in the show. That's that's very professional, yeah. you, Joe. Yeah, you know, it'd be like me discussing both of us wearing Miller Lite right now. It'd be like a professional right. way to introduce our good friends at Miller Lite. This is some good gear. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, the tie dye shirt, the Hawaiian shirt, this hat I actually got from a dirt ball. You did? Yeah, I would like I one. Like- I'm, I'm gonna have to reach out to our friends at Miller Lite. I know when you're in the great state of Colorado, I know after you hit the slopes, is it, is it the slopes still with yeah, snowboarding? Absolutely. Sure. It's I still a slope. I know you'll come back, drink some cold, refreshing Miller light to end your day. Look at a beautiful sunset. As you look at the Rocky mountains, could there be a better way to end your day, Joe? Absolutely not. I, I am already, I've already mentally skipped to that portion multiple times, you know, 
uh, snowboarding. I, it'll be my first time back in a couple of years, very meditative process, you know, going to, going to, going to shred the gnar, but I've already mentally done, done the playthrough. I'm going to come down for a little apre shred, get myself probably a bucket of Miller lights to be totally honest with you. And, uh, I'll, I'll put my, my, my feet in the cold ice, my, use it to ice my knee as I, as I drink Miller lights. And just like you said, watch the sun fade below those beautiful Rocky mountains. I am so excited about that. Just a cold Miller light after a cold day on the slopes, what's better for the soul or the body? No, nothing at all. Miller light is brewed for taste. It hits different than other light beers. It's made from simple ingredients. Miller light is for people who love the taste of beer. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories. Go to MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports to find delivery options near you, or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. And shout out to all the dirt balls, man. It's been a, it's been, there's been a lot of dirt ball fam on social media lately sharing us their, their Miller Lite. Uh, they're, they're drinking responsibly of their Miller lights. Love to see it. Love all you guys at spring training games, golf, uh, you know, as enjoying, all the things that you guys are doing. Sports events that you're watching, enjoying, enjoying sports events, all the things. And I love that you always tag me, dirty sports, Andy, of course, at Miller light. We appreciate it. They appreciate it. And, and it, it just, it warms my heart. Yeah. We really do appreciate that. So thanks to everybody who has done that. Well, the final four is this weekend and yeah, yeah, yeah. We're expecting some good games. I just looked the, the, the spreads are pretty close. Kansas is a four point favorite against Nova and Duke is a four and a half point favorite against Carolina. I am rooting for Carolina and Nova in those two games. I am rooting for Nova uh for sure in the kansas game i don't know i've never for some reason i've just like never rooted for kansas something about kansas i don't i don't like um so i'll be rooting for villanova i like jay wright who's uh super nice to me back in the day when we covered one of his tournament runs the duke north carolina game is tough i you know um i usually don't root for either yeah but part of me wants to see them end coach k's career i know I think I'm kind of rooting for Duke, though. I think I'm rooting Duke Nova. Duke Nova championship. I think Carolina's playing the best basketball. Now, Kansas looked great in the second half against Miami, but I think Carolina is playing the best basketball right now. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of indifferent on that Duke-North Carolina game. It would be great. It'd be great to see a good game, especially between those two arch rivals. But... Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. I, something about me is low key. A lot of like, you know, a lot of different thoughts and, and feelings when, when I think about those two teams. But uh, I think I'm kind of pulling for Duke weirdly. I mean, how can you how can you not root for Carolina, though, with with this Brady Manic guy? I mean, what 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 is this dude? What, what's going on here? I mean, what really makes me want to root for him is former Nick uh, four point legend Hubert Davis, you know, being their head coach. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot there, as you know, with North Carolina. That's it's also the alma mater of, you know, Michael Jordan, who I actively root 
against and and all like almost for Michael Jordan's unhappiness alone. So do you know the history of this Brady Manic guy for Carolina? No. What's what's the history? Well, he started in 2017-18. Like he's you know, he's been around for a minute. Yeah. And uh you know, he got the extra year. These guys get the extra year because of COVID. Right. And, and, and I tweeted, they, they showed that picture, which I tweeted out of his many different looks. And, you know, now he looks like he came straight out of a, a Grateful Dead or Fish concert. Yeah. But like his looks have changed. He's from Oklahoma. He did his first four years there. And, and now he's here. And uh, it's, I don't know. To me, he just looks very un North Carolina. Like he doesn't look like a guy who'd be on North Carolina. Yeah. And he's on that team, but uh, I, you know, I'm going to be, rude. I don't know why part of me just wants to see coach K lose Yeah, against his rival twice. Like, yeah, like, like they end your last game at Cameron and they end your last game as a coach. I mean, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a wild ending. I don't know. I, I like, I'm not, I'm not necessarily rooting. I don't really have any interest in any of these teams. I don't have a rooting interest in any of them being the champion. So I don't really care, um, but you know, in in some way, if you're like rooting for like Coach K to lose, I almost want him to let then lose like in the championship game, like slay the North Carolina Dragon and then lose in the final. Yeah. Well, no surprise, Shaheen Holloway hired Seton Hall's new head coach. Saw that coming. Yeah, good for him. I got some inside info on Shaheen Holloway from a friend of mine who uh, was at Seton Hall at the very same time as Shaheen Holloway. He was, I believe, one year behind him. I I believe uh, Shaheen Holloway was there 96 to 2000. My friend, like myself, was a 97 to 2001 college attendee. He played sports at Seton Hall. Apparently, the big knock on uh, Shaheen Holloway, sort of lazy in the gym. Not, uh, not, not a guy who like went above and beyond the call of duty. Um, but he said, you know, maybe he has learned from that. Uh, you can't just like rest on your talent. And so he, uh, so yeah. And I don't know his history. He was McDonald's all American stud from Queens. Obviously he did not go pro. Right. But he played in the same McDonald's all American game. I believe that Kobe Bryant played. Okay. Pretty sure they, they showed that. Yeah. I believe it was the 96 game. I I just saw a clip of Kobe and Steven Jackson talking about that game and Kobe being like, you won MVP. And he's like, no, nah, I didn't. And he's like, who won? And he's like, motherfucking Shaheen Holloway, who had like 10 turnovers. And he's like, what? I thought you won. He's like, no, I didn't. But thank you, Kobe, for saying it. it's like it's a crazy clip. And he says that like the big moment for the MVP of that game was and and it was a highlight that was shown forever um, in in promotion for McDonald's All American Games for a year. Shaheen Holloway goes through the uh, lane and like does like a drop pass between his legs for a dunk. It was like the premier McDonald's All American Game like highlight forever. And uh, Stephen Jackson credits that pass and dunk as the reason he didn't win MVP and Shaheen Holloway did. So Shaheen Holloway was MVP the McDonald's All-American game. He was that good. I wonder why he didn't make it to the pros. Was he too small? Yeah, probably. I mean, you know, 
when when you're that size, you just have to be elite. You just have to be like absolutely elite to to make it to the NBA, whether it be athletically, with a shot, with quickness, with you know, if you're like a Steve Nash with like all the things in you know, you know, uh, above average and all the things except defense. Um, you know, to, to make it like when you see undersized guys, the NBA is, is just an absolute freak show. And that's why I just like, I, the easiest way for me to uh, discredit your entire sports opinions is if you come and argue, you know, who's better athlete. Oh, you know, who's better athletes than guys in the NBA is that like, whatever you're about to say, I promise you're wrong. The NBA is the freakest of the freaks. It is an elite athlete show. The guys, guys like Shaheen Holloway are just like insane athletes. Uh, and they can't get there because they just, they can't get their shot off or they're not quick enough or they're not whatever. That's why it's like the, the Allen Iversons of the world, whatever sport you thought, you know, he should try. He would have been better at it than everybody. Like his college football or his high school football highlights are insane. Like, yeah, I've seen them. Th- that's the NFL thing. It's just like the the NBA is a freak show. Think about all the guys who have gone to the NFL in the last 15 years who are like, well, I was a starting power forward on a whack basketball team. So now I'm the best tight end that's ever walked the earth. <laughs> like. Yeah, this this uh, roster though, man. I'm looking at the '96 roster of the All American game. It's pretty stacked. Yeah, I mean, just on Shaheen Holloway's team, you had Tim Thomas, Stephen Jackson, Jermaine O'Neal, uh, Kobe, Richard Hamilton. I mean, that's yeah. a one. That's a one team. Yeah, that's crazy though that he won. MVP. I saw. I was in high school at that time. I graduated in '97. And I believe Tim Thomas and Elton Brand were the class before me. I think they were 96 high school grads, but I might be wrong. Well, Tim Um, Thomas was. Elton Brand was not. Okay. So Elton Brand, when I was in high school, was like, he was the guy who everybody was like, this is the dude. And he was local from where I was from. He's from Peekskill. And uh, so they were like, yo. There's this AAU game happening in like white plains in this like little ass gym. Uh, let's go watch Elton Brand. His team is playing Tim Thomas's team. And I was like, yo, this is going to be bananas. And everybody was like there to see Elton Brand. And Tim Thomas was ridiculous. I saw Tim Thomas grab a board on one side of the gym go coast to coast, throw an alley-oop to himself off the backboard and just like hammer dunk. It was, it was like the scene in blue chips where they're watching Shaq play in the fucking <laughs> barn in, in the, in the barn. The whole place was like, what did we just see? Got kids <laughs> like white kids from fucking Westchester, just like passing out. It's like, <laughs> oh, like old late, like having to be revived like old ladies at church. Oh man. That'd be fun to be at. It was some, bananas yeah that's great yeah i'm looking like that game was sold out this game i'm looking at 96 it was on the other night there was nobody at it though like it used to be such remember how big of a deal the mcdonald's all-american game was yeah it used to be such a big deal but that that's kind of faded out so well we have some calls 
no surprise, we have some calls about what happened at the Oscars. Oh, great. Now, where we got to we got to take your temperature on this, Andy. Where are you at? Are you still at? It's fake. Well, I'm at anything is possible. You know. You you took some heat for it on a variety of social media platforms. (laughs) A variety? Yeah. I mean, there was there was DMs on Twitter. There was tweets sent. There was, a re- there was DMs. Yeah, I think I op- might have opened one from Dirty to Dirty Sports too. Oh, I didn't see uh, that. There's multiple sent to me. Uh, Reddit. I mean, somebody called you smooth-brained on Reddit. I mean, Reddit was. Well, I, one, I just one, uh, one guy was very upset with. Well, he's, he's being an asshole, to be honest. <laughs> he's just being an asshole. You 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 tell me my takes bad all you want. When you get personal, and then you backtrack and not be like, here's the thing about me in this show. I'm wrong a lot, and I have no problem admitting that. Don't tell me I'm not being authentic. That's where I really take it personal. Don't tell me I'm just trying to. <laughs> Andy work. wants you to know his bad takes are legit. They're legit. <laughs> and I know you can vouch for that. I don't yeah. say things just to say and he's things. like, you can't fake this kind of wrong, my dudes. Yeah. So, like, that's when I got really, you know, that's what got me going on the reddit forum of like dude you're coming at me saying i'm doing this for attention for what no it's just my take that morning was i think this is fake like i'm not saying things just to play devil's advocate look a lot's happened since then i i I think there's there's a chance there's always a chance things can be fake i just it's so crazy. I mean, to- I, I said there's a 5% chance it's fake. My The reason I leave a 5% chance open is there's a couple different things that I think could be behind it being fake. I just don't think any of them are big enough uh, to convince these guys, specifically Will Smith and, and uh, you know, the reaction, the fallout that's come from it. And, uh, and honestly, the number one thing for me, is the his the way he laughed at it at first. It's like if it was fake, why wouldn't you just be pissed off the whole time? If you're gonna sell this, sell it. You know what I sure. mean? Sure. Um, but like I leave a five percent chance out there that you know uh he now gets a cut of Chris Rock's tour that's gonna sell out and probably you know double. And also, you know, I think there's a little bit I, I think the one thing here's the one low key um, benefit that'll come to Will Smith from this. Now, I don't think overall that this will be like, this will be a win in any way. I think it's going to be a, a gigantic L for Will Smith overall, but the one benefit is like, it does, it does finally give Will Smith just like the little bit of edge that he's always been lacking and he's always played the good guy. He's always been, you know, I mean, the the doesn't swear in his music. I, I there was a I did a show last night. A guy did a great bit about just like how white people are mad at Will Smith. And it's like, yo, Will Smith has been doing shit for white people this whole time. He's like, I can tell you for a fact. He's like us black guys. We never got jiggy with it. That was sure. for you. That was for y'all. Oh, 100 um, percent. But but I don't think that. Uh, like I, I don't think any PR person or uh, branding coach or whatever, even who's like, listen, you know, Will, you're getting cucked and everybody's making fun of you. And, you know, this good guy thing is like past 
you know, it's, it's overdone. We need, we need like a, a rebrand. Let's do some crazy. Like, I just don't think if it were, if that, that's like the 5% chance I give it that it was fake, but then it's, it was so mishandled that I don't think that that was it. So I'm still on the 95% sure it was real. Yeah. And, 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 you know, at this point, it definitely leans towards way, what leans way more towards being real. I just, man, I, I just, part of me probably now that I've had a few days to look back on it was just in too much denial that like he would do that. And again, it's Will Smith. What's so like, crazy now is like anytime something happens, I love this. This is one, this is one of the, I talk about smooth brain. This is one of the things I love that like everybody there's, there's a subsection of our population who thinks that like Hollywood is all like one gigantic club. That's like, part of the Illuminati that's like planning to like, whatever they're like, don't get distracted. You know, what's also happening in California at the same time, they're trying to pass a rule where every California worker needs to be vaccinated. They're just trying to distract you. It's like, you guys think Chris rock and Will Smith are conspiring to put up some smoke screen so that California can pass some sort of like, Guys, y- y'all need to get a- a- off the dark web. These are the worst conspiracy theories I've ever heard. Well, and that's the thing. Like, my thing wasn't even that. It was just, I, you know, it was it was going a few different angles and, and like, again, being. This is all a distraction. So Kamala can put on the Joe, sleepy Joe Biden robot costume and take over. Really start running the government. Not to change the subject, but uh, NFL signing just happened. Nice. Rams, got? Rams aren't messing around. Bobby Wagner. Wow. And, and, and here's and, and and here's the thing. Wow, that's huge. And they're paying. I mean, Adam Schefter just tweeted this 13 minutes ago. Five year, fifty million dollars worth up to sixty five million. I think this is a great deal. I mean, he's still playing at elite levels. And and listen, they did. This is, you know, this is their strategy and it worked last year and it'll work again. It's like, you know, they brought in Von Miller. He, you know, he was effective. He goes and he gets a bigger deal. He gets, they get Bobby Wagner for less than the Bills got Von Miller. Or yeah. same or, or same over less time. Yeah, I think mean, that's a that's a great signing for them. And obviously he stays in the division. So I mean they're 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 it's like they've fallen again. I don't get it. They've fallen under the radar. They're just they're reloading. So they're gonna be right there again. They should be. All right. Five or what's what's uh I was about to give my own phone number. I was about to give my own phone number on the hotline. That would have been a mistake. 310-359-8365 is the hotline. All right, we'll do a couple calls on the Oscars. Yo, what's going on, Andy and Joe? So obviously the Will Smith memes are just absolutely out of control right now. I was kind of wondering what your guys' favorite Will Smith meme is, whether it's a singular meme or uh, like a genre for me, it's definitely probably the Dragon Ball Z 
memes, or I just found one that is playing off of, I can't even remember the guy's name, but the reporter that um, said the homophobic slur during the Cleveland game last year. So it has Chris Brown saying he made a comment last night that went uh, out over the air and he's deeply ashamed of driving to deep left field by Cassianis, and that'll be a home run, so it'll make it a 4-0 ball game. So that's just some of my favorite memes. I'm kind of curious of what your guys' favorite Will Smith slapping Chris Brown memes are. That's all from Chris Brown. <laughs> you keep saying Chris Brown. Dude, you, you, not to be a dick, but you're messing So that was the Reds announced. It wasn't the, the, the Cleveland Indians. It was Tom Brenneman. Yeah. Now, no, Chris Brown is the one who does the slapping. You, you're, yes. you're reversing it. He's the one who beat Rihanna. Speaking of Cleveland, can I, can I just do a shout out really quick sure. to one of our favorite, if not the number one Cleveland dirtball, uh, our man, uh, Crypto Rant, our boy Andy Ranta uh, from Cleveland. He sent me in the mail one of the new Cleveland Guardians hats. I, had, I have not owned a Cleveland hat ever. Uh, it has been added to my collection. I have a Cleveland Guardians hat. So shout out to our boy Crypto Rant, who has sent us crypto over the years. He's been a you know longtime supporter of the show. Noise. Yeah. So that yeah, was just man. since I heard Cleveland. But I'll tell you what, Andy, you're not gonna like this. You're what? not gonna like this because you're an old man now. But there, man, there's some great uh, Will Smith, Chris Rock content flying around on TikTok. A lot of people using the sound or some sort of remixed version of the sound, specifically of uh, Will Smith yelling, keep my fucking wife's name out your fucking mouth, or whatever it is. So many good uh, uses of that sound that to me has been the best um, content that I've seen of it so far is the, the using and creative ways of the sound of Will Smith losing his mind. Honestly, I have yet to see a great, a great one. And in fact, I, I've, I've been disappointed in the quality of most of them so far of the original meme uh, style. Take a picture you know, take the still photo of Will Smith slapping Chris Rock, putting uh, some sort of tag on who or what Chris Rock is and who or what Will Smith is. You know, uh, I, I've been disappointed in the quality of those so far. Um, I the, the Castellanos one I had I did see. I did enjoy that. Um, that was done a lot. You know, yeah. And, and, you know, uh, Castellanos is now has an Andy Ruther like following just to his play day to day, much like the Andy Ruther curse. Now, the thing is, essentially, anytime something really bad happens in the world, uh, people check in with how he's doing. He hit a home run in his first spring training at bat after the slap. He's now like he, there. there's some sort of, um, you know, uh, wormhole to another uh, you know, plane of existence uh, between Castellanos's bat and uh, things that are happening in the world. So that's an interesting thing to follow. But I've got to say, my favorite so far has been the use of the sound on TikTok. I did see the video where they replaced Dave Chappelle, the Rick James sketch. Okay. 
you probably this is a comedian brian monarch i i know him yeah so he i mean it's like perfect i saw that one this morning somebody had retweeted it we're like will smith is dave Chappelle playing rick james and obviously chris rock is charlie murphy but like the face swap is like impeccable i mean it looks that's real great. You know, that's a good one. I don't know if I'm an old man because I'm on TikTok. Is that what is that what we're doing now? Oh, I'm an I'm no, yeah, yeah. I'm an old man because I am I am treated as an old man on TikTok. There is a, you know, it is a young person's platform. It is it it, it does feel like I'm hanging around the playground. Uh but you know, it's a fun, it's a fun app, but I've seen that's where I've seen the most creative Will Smith uh Chris Rock jokes so far. I'm holding it down in MySpace right now, man. Yeah. Just holding it down. You and Justin Timberlake bringing MySpace back. Just just holding it down, you know. We'll, we'll, you know, I'm I'm ready for uh ready for AOL Instant Messenger to come back. Yeah. Cuz that was lit, son. Remember that? Remember oh yeah. It? Remember, Remember AOL the door Instant? opening and closing? Oh man. Well, here's a conspiracy that is wild. Listen to this Will Smith conspiracy. What's going on, boys? It's your number one new Austin Dirtball, uh, KT, formerly the number one Arlington Dirtball. So I wanted to call in on the Will Smith issue, um, debate actually, with the slap and Andy saying there's no way that was real. I was on board for this being 100% real until I saw something uh, posted online, a nice conspiracy here, that Pfizer was the number one sponsor of the Oscars. And last August, just a couple months ago, they announced a new alopecia drug that they're uh, putting out there. So leads me to believe about the conspiracy of them kind of getting to the bottom of this and having Will and Chris Rock kind of being on it. They probably paid him some big bucks. I'm a big conspiracy guy on news networks doing the same shit. And every single time Pfizer is sponsoring that news network, and then they talk about how great Pfizer is. So um, let me hear your thoughts, boys. And condoms are for Rob Manfred. Fuck that guy. Yeah. This is a pretty wild one. This is a wild one, but this is where a good conspiracy theory should start. This, this has all the makings of a good conspiracy theory, because what you need is money that eclipses greatly the, the parties involved. This is what I talked about last episode with like why you can't, bribe athletes anymore because a bookie doesn't have nearly the money that a professional athlete does. So when we're talking about money, the idea of faking it to what, like, you, you know, your theory, which I stand by is just terrible that the Academy <laughs> Awards, it was, it was to up, <laughs> it was to up, up the ratings on the Academy Awards. The Academy Awards doesn't have a financial footprint big enough to sway guys like Chris Rock and Will Smith, who themselves are worth so much money into doing this on their behalf. Now, when you need a good conspiracy theory, you need to go to heavy hitters, big pharma, heavy hitters. So when we're talking about conspiracies and, and use and coming up with somebody that could potentially be behind this as a conspiracy, at least now we're sniffing around the right thing. Big pharma. Now, uh, what will be interesting if if this theory, this theory has legs, it currently has legs. Now, do those legs work or are they Forrest Gump 
you know, brace legs at this point uh, for this, this conspiracy theory to actually start running. I will need to see, you know, like let's keep our eye on the Pfizer pulse, uh, keep our finger on the, on the Pfizer pulse over the next couple of days. If we start seeing a big alopecia push, that would be interesting. A big alopecia medicine push. If we, uh, you know, if we, if suddenly there's a commercial where, uh, Will Smith is smacking the hair back onto a bald head, um, you know, in a, in a Pfizer jumpsuit, then I'm, I, you can, you can, this is one I have not closed the door on this theory. Well, they, they do have billions upon billions of dollars. Yeah. And obviously they've only made that much more money the last few years. I mean, that's a smart one. Now, it's not as smart as the Andy Ruther theory back end deal. You win the Oscar. You do this. <laughs> now, I I actually heard another. This is a this is a this is a theater dork uh, conspiracy theory. So, uh, you know, there's a rule for for theater folks that you're not supposed to say the word the title Macbeth if you're in a theater sure you're in a theater you're not supposed to say it's bad luck apparently Chris Rock said Macbeth about Denzel's performance in Macbeth in a theater right before he got smacked in the face by a guy with the same initials as William Shakespeare in a movie from a movie called King Richard Wow. Oh, my computer almost went down. Mind blown. The Macbeth theory. Oh, that's a crazy one. That's nuts. What do you think they're going to do to him? To Will Smith? The Academy. Um, probably nothing. <laughs> give him probably give him a stern talking to. I don't think he'll lose his Oscar, right? No, no. Um, and I don't think, you know, maybe he'll have like a, maybe he'll have a suspension from attending the awards. I could see that, but not a ban, not like a lifetime ban. I, I did hear last night that there was some sort of uh, maybe SAG itself taking some sort of action against him, which would just be wild. Like Will Smith needs fucking SAG. Is Chris Rock spoken with Will Smith? I don't know. It's a great question. Apparently, Chris Rock went on stage last night and didn't talk about it, which uh, I know. We're I know at. he he said he's processing it or whatever. But like, dude, how do you not? You didn't have you couldn't write one joke about it, two jokes about it. Where did he perform? Was he the comedy store? No, he was in. Uh, I believe he's at the Wilbur in Boston. He's he's like on a theater tour. Oh, he's on a tour right now. OK. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, he's his tour definitely sold out instantly. Yeah, just saying. Yeah, just saying. I I just yeah, it's crazy. Like I I don't know how I I, I would just be like fuck this. I'm out of here. I walk off stage. Yeah. All right, we'll do we'll do one more call. This is a uh, a baseball call. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Clay from. Uh original number one South Carolina dirtball I'm in the car so if it's low I don't give a fuck fuck Andy 
Uh, I'm just playing. <laughs> but uh, I just want to weigh just in playing. on the baseball topic as far as financials. I'm a Pittsburgh Pirates fan, and we're pretty ass. Um, and I was looking at some of the financials on Google, and uh, the Pirates owner net worth is $1.1 billion. The Astros owner's net worth is $1.4 billion. And you see what the contracts they can afford and how low and try, how much money the Pirates try to not to spend on payroll. And I was also looking at um, their payroll for this year is like $35 million. Now, I was listening to you all talk about the uh, the TV deals. That would mean one of those deals pays for their entire payroll. Basically gets them, makes all their money back to payroll. That's not including their regional deals and all the other advertisements that you all are talking about. But uh, it just I, – I, I agree with Joe so much as far as, like, these teams are just not spending money. And it's ridiculous. And I've, I've been a Pirates fan for a long time, and I know we just don't spend money. They say they're trying to rebuild, but how long are you going to rebuild before you start trying to spend money? Last time they had a payroll over $50 million was in 2013-2014. When they, when they and, they, and guess what? They made the wild card, at least made the playoffs. So, uh, sorry if that's a little long rant, but uh, it's not acting like, like you said, like they don't have any money. That's ridiculous. Uh, stay dirty, boys. Con- actually, condoms are for... I don't know how you could be a Pirates fan at this point, like realistically, a hundred percent. But like, like, and, like, and, like and, and that's the thing is like it's the, next level. Yeah, and the Pirates uh, are a great example. I mean, first of all, like you said, a top ten richest owner. He's, he's in, the tenth. He's the tenth richest owner in baseball. Yeah, in a sports town that supports the shit out of you. All their teams. All Penguins, their teams, Steelers, All, and 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 if you look at the Penguins and the Steelers, two teams that consistently are good, consistently try to put a team on the field or the ice to win, and are rewarded in doing so. This is the problem with. I mean, first of all, the idea again that you're going to have a payroll under fifty million dollars when the 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 biggest payroll in baseball is you know, almost five times that, um, if not more than five times that it, it, it's shameful. And it's, it, it's, uh, two really important things that I've talked about that I'll talk about again. There has to be a salary floor. You have to be spending X amount of dollars to try to win. And I, and I demand when Joe Prano is the commissioner that there be a, a, salary floor over your next five seasons. I need to see you invested in your team. Also, again, show your fucking financials. This is the this is probably the biggest problem with baseball is the team the team's not needing to show their financials because essentially what they're hiding is that this guy's making a ton of money on the Pirates. Yeah. This is a business decision by him. How much do I have to spend to win? And if we don't win, how much do I make? So it let's say I try to compete, but we don't win the division. We don't go to the playoffs. We don't get any playoff share. We don't get a playoff bonus. It's it's the ultimate like catch 22, because if you try to compete and you don't make the playoffs, sure you've probably cut into your earnings. And uh, essentially, there's too many fucking teams out there 
that are McDonald's, that are Burger Kings, that are not trying to be award winning restaurants. They're just being like, we uh, we pay people shit. We serve shit food. But if enough people come, we actually make way more money than, you know, a five star restaurant does. So it's just shameful that baseball doesn't or, you know, that I don't know, the government or fucking sports in general, the owners. I don't know. Somebody doesn't demand that we see what these guys are making so that we have the, that that more than the people like myself who are so deeply involved in baseball that the the average man knows that these guys, a guy like this is a billionaire. He is making He's making money by being the value meal of baseball uh, clubs. He doesn't spend money. People still come because he's in a town that supports sports. He sells them all beer. He takes all his regional deals and he stacks money while not having to attempt to compete at all. And when I say bad, I don't think I, I just feel like people, people know the pirates are bad, but. I want to, you know, we talk about the Lions or we talk about the Browns. Guys, we don't, I don't think we understand this Pirates franchise. They've had four winning seasons since 1993. I guess probably the Lions could compete with that and maybe the Browns, but they had 20. This is the stat that blows my mind, which I knew. They had 20 straight losing seasons, 20 straight losing seasons and it's one of those organizations that's like in terms of their uh in terms of their talent evaluation like they're i mean i don't know what sort of changes they've gone through with gms and scouts and whatever over the years but like somewhat in 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 my lifetime in like a you know recent history historically recent historically pretty good at evaluating talent, pretty good at having guys come in, being great on the pirates, going, leaving the pirates, going to another team for money and being, you know, productive players across baseball. It's a town that loves sports. And, and, and here is once again, the, probably the, the number one issue with baseball. And it's tied back to that thing of these shitty owners make money and we don't have to see the financials of it. Just like the Mets. I'll bring up my team again. Just like the Mets had a had a guys who not committed to winning, playing cheap, making money. There are guys out there who want to buy this team, who want to spend money to win, and who want to turn around the Pittsburgh Pirates organization. And a guy, Mark Cuban, a Pittsburgh, you know, native, uh, is a the perfect example. He wants desperately to to let major to have major league baseball let him buy the pirates and turn them around the way he did the Mavs. But baseball, shithead run fucking organization that it is, isn't interested. The idea, the idea that they, they are not using a pitchfork to force these type of owners out of their league and bring in owners like a Mark Cuban is insane. And not only are they not forcing them to leave, they're, they're using the pitchfork to keep them, the Mark Cubans and the Steve Cohen's of the world out of the league at, at, as long as they possibly can. 
You know, the Pirates play in a beautiful stadium. I've been there. It's gorgeous. Like, it's a great ballpark. One of my favorites. You're in a division that's winnable. There's one, there's one big market team in that division, the Cubs. All the other ones, Cincinnati, St. Louis, Milwaukee, they're all lower tier cities as far as population. It's a winner, like it's a winnable division. Now, have the Cardinals dominated? Yes, the Cardinals are always good. But my point is, it's not competing against the Yankees and the Red Sox every year. You know, it's it's like, guys, it's a recipe to win. But they don't, and they don't care, and they don't care about the game, and. He's going to keep getting 10,000 people at a game and win 70 games and still make his money when he has a $50 million payroll or whatever it's going to be. It's just sad. It's just sad all the way around. Great. 310-359-8365. Once again, that's the hotline. Give us a ring. Drop a review on Apple. Rate us on Spotify. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. Uh, you can tell me I'm stupid on Reddit. <laughs> Joe, what's going on? At Joe Prano on all social media, uh, except for Twitter. I'm at Fix Your Life. Uh, follow me uh, specifically on Instagram as I will always be updating um, my my tour dates, my, my, my shows. I put up uh, a, a lot of times on stories, my uh, my flyers. Tomorrow night, I'll be at a show at the, I believe it's Sycamore Mineral Springs Resort and Spa in San Luis Obispo headlining a show. So if you missed me when I was up there for the Slow Comedy Fest, uh, come out and see me there. Um, And then, of course, next week, uh, the tour through Colorado starts with Eddie Ift, Steamboat Springs, Vail, Denver, all those dates and more on uh, JoePrano.com forward slash shows. New York after that, those um, shows will be put out soon on my website and then, of course, on my Instagram. So stay tuned there. And uh, again, if you're in Colorado, hit me up. You want to you wanna shred the gnar? You want to play some golf? You got you to gotta hook up at uh, one of the ski mountains for lift tickets? Hang with me and Eddie. We'd love to have you drink Miller light and tell me about it on the internet. All right. That'll be it for us today. Much love to everyone for supporting us. You guys have a great weekend. And as always stay dirty.